Since the time I'm recording with Rajiv Nanda, there's been a couple of updates I want to pass along. One, Unlearn has raised even more funding since uh, we spoke, which is pretty incredible. Rajiv's role has evolved, and now he's part of the executive team and responsible for all the tech org. Also, the European Medicines Agency, the EMA, has reviewed Unlearn's AI models, and that has been completed now with favorable opinion. Now onto the show. On this episode of the podcast, I have with me Rajiv Nanda. He is the Director of Engineering Operations at Unlearn AI. We're going to be talking about career growth and career exploration when it comes to the point in which most people have to decide between a technical or people management track. And Rajiv has spent a lot of time um, in this area. I know he's actually an author and written um, about the subject and excited to have him uh, on to share his thoughts. Rajiv, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Amir. Well, you know, thanks for inviting me on the show. Absolutely. All right. Two things to before we kick off. One is um, I'd like to know what Unlearn AI does so the audience is familiar um, uh, with that. And then also after that, tell us what your responsibilities are as the director of engineering operations. Sure. So um, Unlearn AI was started by three scientists, you know, turned entrepreneurs. And they had a very noble vision. Uh, they wanted to combine AI uh, with some novel statistical you know, uh, methods that enable small and efficient clinical trials. So as of today, you know, uh, clinical trials can take years and years, but using the methods that they had developed along with the AI models, we can reduce the time to develop new drugs and reduce the cost drastically. And recently, you know, the EMA uh, reviewed our AI models and they, you know, gave a, you know, opinion on that, which is you know, fantastic. And we close Series B funding and we are hiring and growing, obviously, you know, as a, you know, a new startup on the town. And my role within this organization is to manage a few things. Uh, one is their infrastructure, uh, which is cloud-based and, you know, uh, primarily cloud-based. I also manage the PMO, uh, you know, to manage all the technical project program management um, and some IT operations. And along with that, I also am responsible for making sure that whatever processes we have around quality assurance, um, you know, compliance related to, you know, uh, the external uh, work that we do. So all that, it's kind of a portfolio of multiple things that enable the operations of the company. Awesome. It sounds like you're wearing a, a few different hats and uh, it probably gives you a good insight into what the company needs. And, and I know the topic and what we're talking about is based around, you know, nurturing talent, um, you know, helping employees grow their skill sets and obviously avoiding hitting any ceiling and finding paths to kind of fulfill their careers. I guess let's let's kind of start at the top. Um when when you're kind of looking at the concept of nurturing talent and obviously you know trying to set up uh, the right processes in place, um, when you look at you know talent nurturing, like what are your I guess the high level thoughts of of the program itself, and is it established you know across an organization? Do you do you focus it on more you know at a departmental level? Kind of what what are your thoughts there? So. Um... I will use my prior experience and learnings from Intel, you know, because uh, Unlearn is a fairly small company right now. Uh, but 
know, I have the opportunity of applying my learnings and experience here. Um, so, you know, there are various ways to look at career growth or talent growth, uh, and it varies based on primarily the size of the company and, you know, what is required for the business imperatives. So, you know, if you are a startup or a small company or maybe a small team in a big company and your business imperative or your USP is that you are going to provide technical services to the rest of the organization, whether you have internal customers or external customers, then you have to focus on technology you know, as a career. You need to grow that skills in your organization related to that. If you are more on the product side where you are, you know, going to deal with, you know, the uh, how your products and services will be launched in the market, how they would be used by the customers and all that, there you may have to think of a different, you know, mix of that, that talent. It may be, you know, strategic thinking, it may be visionaries, it may be design thinking, it may be, you know, even technology per se, because you may be developing a technology uh, you know, uh, solution or a technology uh, product. So uh, it's not one versus the other, you know, or it's not that, hey, I want to only grow on this path. The, you know, my approach and my, you know, uh, coaching to all the people that I have coached over my career is that think of it holistically what you want to achieve out of your life, you know, or career or, you know, and what does fulfill you? You know, for example, for me, uh, you know, it was always that I wanted to learn the breadth of a business. So when I was with Intel IT, you know, over the course of like 20 years, I kept moving from one department to the other to learn how Intel operates, you know, how, or IT of Intel operates. You know, we provide solutions for supply chain, but then how does that impact sales and marketing or vice versa. Now, how do we talent, you know, how do we manage and grow talent, you know, MLD, you know, management and leadership development, you know, so I you know, moved into, when I moved into supporting HR, I learned those things. But some of my friends and peers, you know, were very focused on technology path. So they were, they wanted to become a super specialist in a particular domain, whether it is data science, whether it is supply chain, whether it be something else. And then, you know, they grew on that path. So for organizations, the key thing to understand is that, you know, talent growth has to do a lot with how you motivate, how you retain, and how you encourage them for innovation for your business imperatives. And then things will start rolling out in terms of what kind of things you want to do in terms of the programs, uh, you know, and, and the you know uh, uh, talent development programs, or you know, these days they call it, uh, you know, employee satisfaction and employee growth programs, uh, employee engagement programs, and also on the other hand, it will also guide you or some give you some you know uh, guidance around what kind of management uh, and leadership you want to grow because the mindset of a pure technical manager versus a journalist manager versus a product manager will have variances and you have to take that into account. 
I guess let, let me ask you this question. So, I mean, you know, a couple of things that are interesting, you know, talking about, you know, obviously if you're looking at nurturing talent at a large company like Intel, you're, you're working different areas. Did you just choose, was that part of your, you know, part of your, you know, your manager, your kind of your desire to see those different areas? Was that just how they helped you kind of gain broader exposure? Because obviously, you know, that type of experience comes in a bigger organization, like a a smaller org, like Unlearn AI, that might be a little bit trickier, but, but was that by design or was that just because it's a bigger company, you just moved around a lot? So your question is that, did I do it by design all the moment or was it my manager and my mentors, you know, asking me to do it, right? So it was both. Uh, I think it was my desire that, you know, was actually understood by my managers and mentors and they coached me how to navigate my career. And, you know, that's very important to find the right mentors in the organization. And it doesn't really matter the size. You know, even in a startup, like, on, on, you know, we, as of today, we are 40 people. But even if you are a five or seven people company, and I've worked with, you know, some earlier startups, uh, literally where I was the fifth employee. But there, too, you can find, you know, informal mentors who can actually you know, hear you out and support you in your journey. And that becomes very important. As the organizations grow, what happens is that the formalization of a manager and an employee relationship becomes so hardened that the open communication and the open dialogue about the desires of the employee versus the you know requirement of the organization, how do they get aligned? And it becomes kind of a passed down direction from the top to the bottom saying that, okay, this is where we want to go. And without pausing and thinking, you know, if we are not listening to the employees and their aspirations, will that create dissonance in the organization? And how do we address it up front? So, you know, that kind of goes into a different, you know, topic around, you know, the manager and uh, or mentor versus the employee mm-hmm. uh, relationship and how, you know, it is, it is a responsibility of the manager to make sure that he or she listens to the employees and guides the employees in a certain way that not only fulfills the, you know, the individual's career aspirations, but also aligns everything with the, you know, corporate imperatives. And that's a very tricky and very slippery slope because, you know, sometimes you may see that, you know, the, the organization wants to go east and the employee wants to go west. And that dissonance usually is not caused by variance of synergies. It is mostly caused by how, you know, the management gives the direction to the organization and how employees perceive it. I, I don't know whether I answered the fully of your question, but because it kind of starts navigating into, you know, uh, how to lead, you know, technical folks or how to lead a technical organization. Yeah, no, the, it's, it's, I, guess, I guess the question that comes to my mind is when you're looking at... <laughs> I guess the the different paths somebody can take in an organization and obviously, you know, they can continue down the technical path or people management path and, and, and you know, w- without the luxury of being able to see a rotation, um, a lot of times, I guess, people feel compelled to just kind of progress in their career towards 
towards a people path. And before, you know, there really wasn't as well-defined technical path, but how, how soon in the process do, you know, do people want to start identifying somebody in terms of, you know, potentially, Hey, this person could be a people manager, you know, more, more than, or potentially a, you know, a technical people manager or purely staying on the technical track. You, you raise a very, very good point, actually. This was something that we uh, you know, discovered at Intel many, many years ago when we were growing you know, uh, the organization at a very rapid clip. And you're absolutely right. What happens is that, see, there, the, when you're talking about growth, there are two types of growth. Whether, you know, whether it's organization, or sorry, technical versus organizational or manager, managerial growth. So in technology, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it is always a domain specific. You know, rarely you would see that there are journalists who would, you know, say, okay, I am a bigger journalist or a better journalist today. Uh, you will see people who are focused on cloud or focused on data or focused on, you know, uh, the uh, full stack or things like that. But what happens is that within the organization, we struggle with, okay, now a person having a cloud experience of five years versus a person having a cloud experience of 10 years, how do you differentiate? And that's, you know, the, the trick is that, okay, now the responsibility, to, rather than growing the depth, you start growing the area of responsibility of the individual. And that's how you provide some career, you know, tiering in terms of not just that you are a doer, that means you're not just managing the infrastructure of the cloud, but you are coming up with innovative ideas about how do we optimize it further? How do we you know, uh, make a, maybe a you know, user experience layer that will hide you know, the complexities of the cloud for other users? Or how do you mentor and coach junior employees? Or how many public, you know, papers do you publish? What's your industry you know, uh, presence out there? Conferences you go to? So essentially what happens is that in technology space, you can easily start building a career path where as the person grows, he or she experiences much larger, larger influence, not just inside the organization, but also outside of the organization. But that requires a lot of different kinds of support from that, right? So, so yeah, you were going to ask a question. Yeah, I guess when it comes to that, like when you look at, somebody's career growth when, you know, let's say they want to proceed down the technical path, obviously their skills are being built upon previous skills. You know, you can start seeing the aptitude when it comes to somebody who wants to go down the people management path, obviously you're observing those skills being developed as well. Do they have the ability? I guess a lot of times, you know, those skills that you need to build as you want to get into management are a little bit tricky maybe to, gain. And obviously, if your manager is not a stellar manager, you're not learning maybe from the best. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's a tricky thing because we, we don't get, we don't learn or get taught how to manage essentially. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, you know, there are like thousands of books out there on management and leadership skills, but you know, you can read all of them. And the first one-on-one -on -one that you have with your employee will just rip it apart, you know? <laughs> And you know, I, from my own personal experience, the first time I became a manager, I just fell off my place. You know, I fell off my you know, on my face. I was a disaster being a manager. 
I immediately reverted back to technical track. I said, okay, you know, I can deal with machines better than I can deal with human beings. And, uh, but I, you know, I, I was fortunate to have good mentors and coaches, you know, uh, over my you know, entire life and uh, over my career, some formal, some informal. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I you know, learned over time was that, you know, whether it is people management or technical management or leadership, there are some certain requirements and certain skills you have to, you know, build. There's there's no escape out of it. You know, I am I, I grew up as a technical person, hands-on technologist. And yes, I can do good coding, or I used to do good coding, you know, as of today, I just do good presentations, <laughs> maybe, you know. But but the main thing is that that switch from being a technical oriented to management oriented or leadership oriented will take effort. What happens is that you know we, uh, on especially on the technology side, you know people falsely assume that just because I am an excellent technologist, I can be an excellent manager because all you have to do is give a technical direction to the team. But the human side is very very different. You know where you have to deal with people's aspirations, you have to align them, you have to make sure that you know the you are seen as a supporter and not just as uh, you know quote unquote commander that you know who just passes on the messages and the direction so my recommendation has always been you know test out both the paths if you you know want to grow in even if you want to go in technology you know let's say you you, you want to become a principal engineer or you know fellow and all that I would still recommend that early in your career, you know, try people management um, with a smaller team. You know, maybe you become a team lead, you know, have two, three people, five people. That's fine because that will expose you to, you know, what motivates people, what energizes people, what engages people. It's not technology. No, that's, yes, a technologist will get you know, very motivated by solving technical problem. But technology in itself will not motivate people. So there's a human side to it. So you have to understand that. And the challenge is how do you make sure that the alignment is there? Because that has always, you know, what keeps me up at night is that is my team aligned to the corporate objectives? How are we putting the strategy of the, you know, the bosses into the actions that will meet the results you know, of the corporate. Because technology in itself will never solve it. It's a people that you have to focus on. The earlier you get the experience, um, you know, the better it is. I, I remember you know, the, uh, when I, I was giving, telling you about you know, the first time I became manager, I literally failed miserably. But you know, the second time I took that role, um, you know, it, it was on a weekend where, you know, I was just passing by the office, uh, you know, and I was you know, at Intel at that time. And I, you know, just happened to go into the office because I had to pick something or just, I just remember I uh, uh, to do something in there. And I stepped into the office, this like huge hall full of machines and nobody's in there. So I'm the only one and, you know, a couple of other people. 
that silence and the hum of machines triggered a very important thought in my mind at that day that if people are not around, there is no inter. Machines will not be able to do anything. It is people, your employees, your team members, your managers, your leaders, everybody combined who make the organization. And that thought has stuck me throughout my life. And, uh, you know, I have been very focused on making sure that if I become a manager or, you know, whenever I take a management role or a leadership role, I have to focus on people first. Because if I cannot align people and motivate them and energize them, then I'm not doing my job. I guess that's really interesting. If you were to go back... Uh, just to kind of learn from your experience, because obviously, you know, the, the first the first go around as a manager is challenging you know, sitting in your first one on one. And how do you run it so that there's value and and you're just not listening to sob stories or just excuses? I mean, those are all tricky things. I guess if you were to look back, were you prepared in terms of the skills? It just was a case of, hey, I just haven't done it. Or was it a case of... <laughs> Um, you know, I, you, you really weren't given as much depth in your skills to actually be ready to know what you're doing in that one-on-one. Absolutely not. <laughs> I was not only, I was not ready. I thought that I already had gamed it, you know, the, you know, and that's where I think the, you know, uh, if you are good in one area, you know, and especially technologists, you know, we falsely assume that people management is a piece of cake. So, uh, yes, I had read a lot of books. You know, I had read Peter Drucker. I was a big fan of that, uh, you know, of his, uh, you know, uh, style and management uh, principles. I read, uh, you know, a big follow of Andy Grove. Uh, I've read, you know, his books and all that. But read, that's what I'm saying. Reading books will not make you a good manager. You know, the, the book I write, you know, I wrote, Rise, uh, which is, you know, essential soft skills. Uh, for career management actually is a distillation of my experience and teachings and learnings over over the decades. And the key thing I keep emphasizing in that book also is that you have to practice these skills. Soft skills are much more difficult to master than hard skills. I can read Java programming, I can write 10 programs, and I can become much, much more efficient over, you know, in much, much lesser time. Even today, after managing, almost I would say over the you know span of my career, I would have managed around two, three thousand people, uh, not at once, but you know, over the years, you know, uh, I cannot guarantee that I'm a very good manager. You know, I I will be, I will not fail as a manager in a particular situation because something new may crop up. I have never dealt with that before. You know, uh, who knows? But that question usually doesn't arise on the technology side because there are very hard principles about how you program the infrastructure you use and all that so and you're you know and that's where one of the key thing i think the you know senior leadership has to focus on on if you are going to move your people into management path you have to make sure you have some kind of you know what you call as management and leadership development programs and intel was very good at that you know and that's where i became much better manager because they had you know at various levels they had you know what we used to call it uh, mtp and ltp you know management through people and leadership through people so 
as you grow over the you know ranks, then you would be you know assigned to these programs, and you would be given some you know very important training that if you use it, you will become more skilled and more better manager or a leader. And um, I think that you know, don't just read books. I would say start practicing those things that you learn from the books. That will make a difference. It's interesting, obviously, that um, you know you had to resort to you know, reading books uh, and 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 you know kind of gain any outside knowledge you could um, to kind of get to the point where you had that comfort level. I guess when you're looking at people that are under you, you're managing, um, and it could be you know the current startup you're you're working for. Like when you're looking at those one-on-ones and you're starting to, you know, you listen to people, you do annual reviews, you're looking at the paths that they potentially could go down. How much of, of like the discussion is trying to figure out as quickly or as early as you can, what direction they would best be served proceeding or, or is it, how much is it based on, you know, what they want to do and, and you're trying to facilitate it and, and try to accommodate their career growths. Obviously, you know, no one knows the future, but, but obviously there's a little bit of process in that. Yes. So um, usually, you know, by, I recommend that these discussions happen over the course of time. It's not that every one-on-one there'll be a five minute time set for, okay, what's the career situation for the person? Because what happens is that things will unfold over time, and what I mean by unfolding is that you know the the you know, the company has let's say corporate goal for you know 2022, and then a few things will evolve, and then suddenly you will see somebody energized about an idea or about one of the you know direction that you have to do, uh, take, and that will expose you to the you know uh, the motivation and you know, what drives the individual. So I would say have a regular conversation, but this should be, you know, kind of weaved into the rest of the discussions. It should should not be that, okay, let's talk about your career now or what do you want to be? But that should be the underlying tone of all the conversations you have with your employees, no matter when you're talking to them. And the key thing to observe is what motivates them. You know, you as a, uh, the you know, the analogy I use most more very often is that think of yourself as a gardener. You know, in your backyard, you're planting some flowers and all that, or trees, whatever. You know, you don't go and start poking them every day, every night. You know, you water them at a particular you know frequency. You observe. You know, the, the, you know, you you need, you need some new soil. You need this, and then you slowly mature them, you know, over the course of whatever months or years, depending on what you're planting. And same thing is about the organization. You know, people will unfold with you because first of all, they have to start trusting you that you will not use that, you know, their vulnerabilities to their disadvantage. Because a lot of times I have seen, and I have, Personally, which is you know very unfortunate, uh, I have seen people using vulnerabilities of their employees against the employees themselves. You know, which is the worst thing you can do. So, but the employees will not show up their vulnerabilities if they don't trust you. So it has to start from you. 
And it has to be a very subtle, very, I would say, um, uh, conscious, but very fluid discussions, conversations, and you know, uh, observations that will tell you how your you know, organization should grow, whether it's an employee, whether it's you know, all of your employees, you know, or various combinations. Yeah, it's, 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 obviously I think it's, uh, you know, understanding their motivations is core and key to being able to help them. I guess, have you come across a situation where sometimes, you know, you hear those motivations and you're like, you know, you can easily, not easily, but you can see that the skill sets might not support the motivation, which is, which is the hard part as the, the manager. Yes. Yes. And uh, no, not just once, but many times. And th- there was, I would say a couple of times where I could very clearly see that the uh, aspirations of the individual are in no way aligned to the organization. Now, when I say organization, it doesn't mean that the bigger, you know, uh, bigger organization, but it may be your organization, right? So, and there again, you know, if you have built a trust with the employees, you can have a very candid discussion. You can say, no, here I am going to support you to find you the right you know, role in the other organization because that is where your interests lie, you know, within the bigger umbrella of the, you know, this thing of, uh, with a different team. But unfortunately, my charter is this. And if you want to stick to my team, then, you know, so for example, if you are managing the, you know, uh, sales and marketing team and but somebody else is very much wanting to do technical stuff, obviously, you know, but, but the thing is that, you know, this is where you, the trust building, the management and leadership comes in play because the employee should trust you to support him or her to find the right path. My attempt has always been, you know, I, I've had multiple cases at Intel, you know, where you know, my employee would come in and say, Rajiv, you know, I want to do this, 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 this. And I would say, but our organization charter is this. So do you want to continue to work with me or do you want me to help you the right place that you, where you can grow and, you know, uh, fulfill your uh, the desire of working on certain things? More often than not, people will come back to you and they will either say, no, I want to work with you because I like you as a manager or leader. And I understand that opportunity may not be today, but, you know, we'll figure it out. Or some people will come and say, well, I definitely want to get into that domain, so help me. And I have personally helped people move around careers, you know, grow them into the, you know, uh, and this is where I go back to the analogy of, you know, being a gardener. So, so for me, you know, to have a fulfilling, you know, uh, like, you know, a blooming garden is only by, you know, making sure a rose becomes a rose you know, or a peace tree becomes a peace tree and not something else. <laughs> and, you know, so so I think yeah, it, it, it's tricky, but, you know, it, it is very fulfilling also. I would say that, you know, I did not expect that, you know, people, management, leadership would be fulfilling. I was, you know, very, you know, hardcore technical person. But I've changed my mind over the decades, you know. I, I think it can be as fulfilling as, you know, solving a hard technical problem. Absolutely. No, I think that's, uh, I mean, super, 
great insights, especially given, you know, sharing some of your own experiences of, uh, you know, becoming a manager and, and, uh, having to deal with those initial, uh, initial, you know, core skills that you need. Um, and I know you mentioned, um, your, your, your book you wrote. So, um, we'll definitely include a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, thanks for being on. I, I enjoyed uh, hearing your thoughts. I think, uh, yeah, nurturing talent's tricky. It's far more art than science. So I think everyone has, a has their own unique viewpoint. If somebody wants to follow up with you, what's a, what's a good way of getting in touch with you? Uh, if they want to continue the conversation. Uh, my website, rnanda.com, you know, it has my email address. Uh, you can share my email address. Uh, and, uh, you know, people can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. But yeah, my, you know, uh, my website has my contact details and my LinkedIn, you know, links. So you can, uh, anybody can contact me there. Okay. We'll make sure yeah. to include uh, uh, that that website and obviously your LinkedIn, uh, so people can get in touch with you. Again, thanks for being on the podcast. That's it for this episode. We'll be back again with a different guest, uh, different topic. Until then, I always ask for two things: one, if there's a specific topic you want me to focus on, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Let me know. I'll do my best to find someone to speak about it. And secondly, you know, if if you found the podcast interesting, we've been growing organically, so if people people share it and that's how it's been growing. So I'd appreciate it if you do. Uh, until next time, goodbye.